0: Coming to you from Commerce, Texas, this is 88.9 KETR. My name's Matt Menke. Happy to have you listening here on Notably Texan. And excited to share a discovery from the Hill Country with you today. And before we get to our special guest, a reminder that we're able to bring you these in-depth, long-form interviews, in large part because people like you support this radio station. You're not listening to a bunch of advertisements and commercials right now because people in the past have made their contribution here to keep us running strong today. So please help fund us in the future by visiting our site, KETR.org. Click that donate button, give an amount that's comfortable for you. No matter the amount, it goes a long way towards keeping the music alive here on Notably Texan. And today I'm pleased to bring you a discussion with a singer and songwriter who lives in Austin. He recently put out a self-titled LP, comprised almost entirely of his original songs, and a nice range from ballads to some nice grooves on a lot of these songs. He's got an excellent singing voice, and his skills on guitar aren't bad either. Today you're going to learn about Cole Savoy on Notably Texan. It is so great to meet you today, Cole. Welcome to Notably Texan, man. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You made quite a trek, actually, to be here today. You weren't just uh, stopping by Northeast Texas on your own. I think you made a special trip this way, so we really appreciate that, man. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: You've got a self-titled album available that I'd like to dive into here in a little bit, but there is uh, much I'd like to discuss and uh, learn about you in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, You're a Texas native, so where did you grow up, and uh, where all have you lived across the vast state?
1: You know, I I grew up in Midland first. My dad was a rancher, and my granddad was too, and then um, we moved to Houston well, Katie, people say we're from Houston, we're in Houston, you yeah. Know, so uh, moved to Katie and spent most of my life there, honestly, until I was 18, and then moved to San Marcos, Texas, kind of made it to the promised land, you know, got to the river finally, <laughs> um, you know, San Marcos River is just a beautiful place, always wanted to be near it, so moved to San Marcos, then moved to San Antonio for five years also, which was a great time, and then and then ended up in Austin, um, been in Austin for 10 years, spent, you know, I think six months, eight months living in Lockhart in there somewhere Nice. Even, uh, back in Austin now, oh, man, so. you've been
0: all over everywhere but DFW it sounds like pretty <laughs> yeah, much, pretty okay. Much. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you're putting your own spin on Americana and traditional folk on your album, but you've got a fairly diverse list of influences. Tell me a little bit about them.
1: Yeah. You know, growing up, my parents played music constantly neither of them were musicians, but, um, you know our house was constantly filled with Crosby Stills Nash & Young, Fleetwood Mac, Al Green, Marvin Gaye, the Beatles, um that's I would say probably like the top 5 people my parents just jammed constantly in the house. Um, and you know I was I was a 90s kid, so yeah. of course you know the grunge era was highly influential for me as well. Um you know bands like Incubus, Incubus was probably particularly a big influence for me. I always loved Brandon Boyd's writing. Um, and, uh, you know, now I listen to just about everything um, I think there's some elements on the album I for sure was influenced by bands Like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros I love their kind of group chorus approach to things And also just kind of how some of their stuff sounds um, In a way And um, so, yeah, I think those are some of my Probably bigger influences
0: That's great, man That's a... Yeah. a- wonderful foundation to build on too. I'm, I'm so glad that your parents uh, were giving you the good stuff growing up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks. And I had a, I had a great, I had a, you know, a guitar instructor also who really influenced me a lot. Um, you know, to a lot of, you know, finger style music, like Chet Atkins, Stock Watson and that type of stuff. So,
0: okay. It's yeah. always fascinating to me to know, uh, you know, what's, What's kind of behind uh, these artists? uh, Because so many artists, the music that they currently make is is sometimes vastly different than what they grew up on, you know? And it's fascinating to me sometimes to know what uh, the building blocks that got them there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We're talking with Cole Savoy on Notably Texan. Uh, So, what sort of uh, musical training have you had, if any? Uh, Did that kind of start out in school or did you self teach? Um, I
1: think I started taking piano. My brother was, you know, played piano. So he's two years older than me. I think I was like six and I took. Piano lessons from this woman named Miss Sherry. I still know her actually. She's okay. a Really sweet woman, and um, I took piano with her for a few years, which I loved. But then, of course, you know, I'm like a 10 or 11 year old kid, and the guitar is is awesome. Oh, it's know, just so. calling to you. <laughs> yeah. So my dad bought, you know, a, a, bought me a Strat and a um, an old PV amp from a pawn shop for Christmas. Okay. And um, <laughs> that was my first setup, and um, I didn't really dink around with it by myself too much. I just got an instructor. Um, he has a guy, his name is Chad, uh, Ibsen. He's, uh, I still know him to this day. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, he was, I think five years older than me. And I took lessons throughout, um, junior high and, and, and into high school. And then after that, I just kind of took off on my own, you know, and, um, got to college, started writing music, playing open mics, that type of thing. Uh, moved to San Antonio. That was kind of like, a I still played but that was very much a work phase of of my life you know yeah <laughs> um and, and and kept up with it but then moved back to austin and, and actually hooked back up with chad Ibsen, my childhood guitar teacher wow okay he lived there and he's a you know he and his wife are professional classical guitarists um, but i hooked back up with him a few years ago and and actually started taking lessons with him again wow um, and that's been really great it kind of you know you can get it's really easy for me or uh, I think a lot of musicians to get kind of stagnant at times, where you just kind of hit a plateau. Um, but getting together with him a couple years ago was really awesome because it was just that kind of—he was that driver. He knows
0: me. He knows what
1: I need to learn. Right. And he really, he really pushed me, which was, it was great. And it, it definitely influenced the album.
0: So, did you uh, play with any bands along these years, or was it always just kind of you uh, figuring stuff out on your own?
1: Yeah, it was really. I've always been a singer-songwriter. Okay. You know, that's kind of been my thing. Um, and it's, it's fun. I love it. And, and recently I've really had the support of a great band, uh, in the last, you know, a year and a half, two years, which has been awesome. I love, I love performance solo, but you know, the flexibility and the freedom when you have people behind of you, is just... it's totally different. I would <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. It's great.
0: Now, uh, I believe you uh, have said that uh, playing music for any sized crowd is one of the best feelings in the world. Can you uh, elaborate on that and kind of explain what that's like for someone who's not a performer?
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know any way to describe it except for it's just something I know in my soul that I love, you know, it's like we have, I think everyone knows when they do something that's deeply fulfilling to them, it feels like a kind of a purpose-driven, um, task or a purpose-driven, not a task, like a privilege that we get to do. So, um, for me, it's always been something I've loved. You know, I grew up playing in my church a few times a week, always loved it. And now it's the same thing. You know, if I'm playing in a room of five people or a room to a couple hundred. I love it. It's, um, it's just, I think it's kind of just part of who I am. Yeah. You I know, understand. I mean,
0: anybody I think who's ever been uh, either on stage or just before a crowd knows the feeling, uh, those butterflies, you know, of, Oh my gosh, everybody's looking at me. I have every, all eyes are on me. Yeah. I have the room right now. Uh, I assume that's gotta be a, a certain part of the uh, exhilaration, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. And just the privilege to get to play my music for people, yeah. you know, um, and express myself in, in that way, I think, is really the biggest part for me. It's just a it's a great self-expression, you know, um, and I think that's what I really love about it the most.
0: We're talking with Cole Savoy here on 88.9 KETR. Uh, so is this self-titled record? Uh, is it actually your first music release then?
1: It's not. Um, I had a project before this. I, I had recorded I released it during the pandemic. The project was called Savoy Malone. Um, I loved it, honestly. And um, released it during the pandemic, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was just kind of a, that was a weird time to put out an album, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, when I was, and I also had a good friend, Peter Pham, and he was really a big support and a big part of recording the album. Um, and then when I started recording this set of songs, these songs were, They were, I think, more deeply meaningful to me. These are really like pieces of me. Um, And I was, it was a total solo project. And then I just felt like a fresh start was something that I wanted. Um, And so I kind of renamed the project and, and, pursued it and I completely you know completely by myself okay um then i had the help of many people obviously you know but um i didn't have a partner like like peter with me on it i so. gotcha
0: so you're a self-professed nature lover and uh you've used your music to uh to highlight the connection between humans and the uh, the waterways of the hill country in particular uh yeah. would you elaborate on that
1: yeah i'm a i'm a river rat you know uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i moved to san Marcos when i was 18 to be near the river um I probably swam, you know, more times than there were days I was there. Um, I just lived in the water and I've, I'm, I'm this, I've always been that way. You know, when I moved to San Antonio, I was really depressed from not being around a, a river like the San Marcos. And I went back every weekend and then ultimately moved to Austin to be near water again. And, you know, I paddle a lot, so now I uh, paddle the Texas Water Safari every year, which is a, uh, you know, it's a race that starts in San Marcos in a canoe, and you race all the way to the Gulf Coast. It's 260 wow. miles. So Okay. You know, that's just a, it's a, being in, in and near the river is just a, a way of life for me, honestly. And um, I just believe that any human, you know, the more we spend time near something inspiring like a river or a lake or whatever might speak to you, I think it just inevitably influences us in, in the best way possible because we don't live outside anymore, you know? Right. <laughs> and so we don't get influenced by those cycles that are happening constantly. And we often think we're immune to those cycles, but really we are, we are a part of nature and the more we're in nature, I think the more we get wrapped up into the cycles of nature. And I think then at that point, the more we realize about ourselves. Um, and so that's... Wow that's yeah the album really integrates that that concept pretty deeply into the lyrics um of just being okay being on that cycle that daily sun up sun down. the leaves falling the leaves staying gone the leaves growing back and then that cycle repeating you know yes. we uh we as humans we have this funny thing where we are always looking for a moment of arrival this place where something's going to be better or sweet um, and it's subconscious oftentimes, you know, but it's something I, I kind of poke fun of, uh, in the album a bit okay. because, <laughs> um, cause I do it too. We all do it. You know what I mean? But it's really nature I think is just the most grounding thing that I can do is, is spend a lot of time out there. And so, yeah, I love, I love the
0: outdoors. So, uh, throwing back to your love for nature that we were just talking about, Uh, Tell me about your Make a Splash concert series. I thought this was kind of interesting, and I think there's kind of a connection between the two, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. Um, Yeah, during the pandemic, it was just one of those things where playing shows was impossible. And, yeah, trying to launch an album during that time was weird. And so it just felt like the best thing that I could do. My neighbors are also musicians. They're in a hip-hop group called The Unemployed. Okay. It's a great group. Um, And we just thought the most logical thing was just to throw – big shows out in open spaces that people could go to and like the theme was basically to play music in places where people would never expect it you know and so you know we have quite a few friends in different bands so our first one I'm you know I love to rig stuff and just to make weird things happen that ordinarily wouldn't so you know, we built a stage, and we did several like this. But the first one was a stage built between two canoes, and it was a smaller type of deal. You know, we had like, you know, a duo or a trio and playing on this stage. And then it evolved; it really grew a lot of traction. Honestly, people loved it because we would be on Town Lake. There's people on paddle boards and boats everywhere, and you have a you know, huge crowd formed around the stage. And so we did it probably five times, and it just every time we expanded this the setup. And you know, by the end of that year and a half or two years, we were, you know, we had uh, five canoes in this huge stage built on it and, you know, six piece bands playing. And wow. it was just great, you know, it, okay. it kind of started like a, a little movement in Austin. And um, it was an awesome time, honestly.
0: That's cool, it, love the diversity too, uh, knowing that, cause you're, uh, the music you make is far far cry from, from hip hop, right? So yeah, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, 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 they're some of my best friends, Cisco in particular, um, uh, it, he and I actually write together quite a bit as well. And writing with a, a hip hop guy is like the best thing ever. You know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> they've got a lot of words to use. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, that was another part of it is having a really diverse array of music. Cause that's my favorite kind of fest to go to is a fest where you roll up and you hear everything. Yes. You know? Um, like utopia fest is an example of that. I've been to that, that festival, I think 14 years in a row or something wow, okay. and, and played it this last year. Um, and they always have such a diverse lineup. And that's just, to me, and I think to a lot of people, one of the most enjoyable ways to listen to music. You yeah.
0: Know? Well, uh, I noticed that you had uh, one of your songs featured uh, by NPR as part of their uh, Tiny Desks in the Wild contest, right? Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. Every day was a single I
1: released. And I released it actually in, as, in the Savoy Malone project and carried it over to this one just because it was a... It's a great song. I love it. And it's not on the album, but I did release it as a single. And yeah, they selected the song and did a big compilation to it. Um, and that was. Yeah, it was a great moment in my life. That's an <laughs> you know? honor. Yeah, yeah, a huge honor. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> uh,
0: it was pretty cool. Well, good for you, man. Well, I'm sure you're always coming up with uh, new songs for a future release. Uh, have you been able to kind of cook up some new material this year with all you're doing for the current album? Because I know you're you're kind of focused on uh, talking about your new release right now. But I know how you songwriters operate. The songs just come to you sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I have. I, I would say. You know the next album it's not recorded but the 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 music is ready to go okay um you know when we first started I first started recording this album I did a lot of it in my you know I had a studio in a shipping container and a couple different places but Matt Hubbard I would say was the main you know producer of the album and um we recorded a lot of songs I think 17 or 18 and we were thinking about doing just a really big LP and then eventually you know I just kind of trim stuff off and got it down to 11 songs um but the rest of those and and many more are in queue for the next one so i think i think in the spring we'll start up gotcha i'm I'm not in a huge rush oh absolutely
0: yeah and i know how that goes uh, it's really hard to let go of some of you know you make so many songs and you're like oh, all these got to be on the record <laughs> and you're almost having to fight with people you work with i'm sure about okay i'll trim some of these off i don't want to leave this one <laughs> off right i'm assuming you go through this yeah a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah that's got to be tough man <laughs> Well, you and I, before we went on the air, we're talking a little bit uh, about NPR, and we just discussed your your kind of connection to NPR through that Tiny Desks in the Wild contest, and uh, we are a listener-supported service for Northeast Texas. While you're here, would you be willing to talk a little bit about what public radio means to you personally?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm from Austin, so we have two public radio stations. One of is an NPR station, KUTX. And there's also KUT in Austin and then Sun Radio. And, yeah, I'm a, I am ai listen daily, honestly. I mean, when I first moved to Austin, I was listening to, um, to KUTX every day on, on the way to work, you know. And uh, I still listen to it every day. Um, and for me, it's been a massive discovery source of, of music, honestly. Public radio in general does a great job of just supporting local artists and promoting promoting, you know, listenership, if that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you having me here to do that for me.
0: Well, uh, why should listeners back their local public station financially? Because I know that a lot of people that I talk to from Austin that come in are just like, yeah, it's, you don't really think about it. Everybody supports the public radio in Austin because there's just, uh, uh, the culture is, is there and ready to do it. Uh, people don't really think about whether they should, it's yeah. more like how much should they give, you know, yeah. but out here, I think, uh, uh, people in Northeast Texas, we're the only listener supported station they can tune in. So it's not as inherent to uh, listeners around here that, like, oh, I, I got to give something to, uh, to the radio station this year. So why should somebody support a, a station like this that's maybe providing? I'm nev- I would never claim that we're able to do what Austin Radio does for people out here, but we're trying to do our own little version of it, You know, playing yeah. a wide range of music and introducing to people like Cole Savoy. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you say to somebody who likes to listen but has never supported?
1: Yeah, but to scale, it's probably really similar to what's in Austin, honestly. And so, um, I mean, it's probably the best way to support the growth uh, of the music community and culture in your area. Literally, it's probably the best way to do it, and and also it's like, you know, five bucks a month or ten bucks a month. That's that's pretty easy. If you go see a show in a bar, sometimes they charge you ten or fifteen bucks just to <laughs> right. go. You know, so it's like, you know, I think I think it's just reasonable and, and easy to do that if if you have it in your financial means, just one less uh, Starbucks a, a month or something, you know. But yeah, I mean, quite literally, it directly impacts the artists in your area, and um, that's a great thing.
0: It's a really, you know, productive thing to do. If I think. Cole Savoy is my special guest on today's Notably Texan. Uh, tell me what song you'd like to do in studio for us today, and uh, as always, love to get any insights on the song if we need them before you do this.
1: Yeah, um, I think I would like to play Dust. Okay. Um, it's also just really plays into the central theme of the album, which is kind of what we discussed earlier about the cycles of nature and, and how that applies to us as humans. And so, yeah, I would would love to play that
0: for you. I'd love to hear it. This is our guest, Cole Savoy, doing Dust live in the KETR studios on Notably Texan.
2: Fair weather soon will fade, well, I'll take the storm. The pouring rain, the blistering heat, well, I'll take them all in time Come a long way and still we're dust with a long way to go and some day to ground will us but now home And when we come to ground, we'll find new form has arrived Raindrops become the mud Time well, and it goes dry, oh good grief When it picked me up and carried me No good grief and this time I'll stay high to it. I'll see. Of all this time to be lost in harmony. The dust combined and made the rain and down. And the storm mid-came. Come a long way, and still we're dust. With a long way to go, and someday to ground will rest. But now. When we come to ground, we'll find new form has arrived. Dust becomes the mud, time well, and it goes dry. Oh, good grief! When it picked me up and carried me. and no good grief! And this time I'll stay high to all I'll see.
0: just heard Cole Savoy performing Dust in the KETR studios. You're listening to 88.9 KETR. And uh, before I uh, let you get out of here, man, I wanted to make sure that uh, people know where they can find you online because I know you've got your own site uh, and various socials.
1: Yeah, I think any social I'm, I'm pretty much on. I, I Instagram is probably my best one. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as listening, I think, it's, I think the robots did their job. And so it should be on all the things on the interweb, you know. Uh, so you can find me under Cole Savoy or Cole Savoy Music, pretty much anywhere you type it in.
0: And it's not too tricky to spell or anything either. And I, I don't think there were any that many other Cole Savoys that are going to get uh, confused with you, right? <laughs> I
1: don't think so. It's C O L E S A V O Y. There you Cole go. Cole
0: and uh, you, they can just go directly to your site, I think.
1: Yeah, they can go there too. Colsevoymusic.com. Oh, okay. Um, I try cool. to update it, you know, as much as possible. But really, for updates on shows and stuff, Instagram is probably my most reliable, reliable source.
0: Well, man, I uh, really thank you so much uh, for joining me today, and I, I apologize that we haven't uh, given your uh, uh, your guest that you brought with you uh, any <laughs> mic time today. Uh, what was yeah. the dog's name again? Teva.
1: Okay. <laughs> she, she can say hi, right, Tiva? Tiva. Ow! Woo, woo, woo.
0: Ow! She's like, I'm not performing today.
2: Ow! <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow! Ow! Oh <laughs> Ow! <laughs> yeah, she
0: it. Number <laughs> one public radio fan right here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Tiva. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> well she's been a, a very good and quiet dog until cute uh, so <laughs> thanks for bringing her in too man and uh, uh, I'm, I'm really happy to let listeners know more about you i, I want to wish you all the best with everything you've got going on cole and i uh, hope you have a, a happy holiday season too thank
1: man. you thank you so much matt really appreciate you having me in
0: and this year uh, even good boys and girls are, uh, are getting cole in their stocking is my dad <laughs> joke that i had to slip in here today so <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> thanks again for coming by man <laughs> yeah, thank you his website is Music.com. Ask yourself, where else around Northeast Texas could you discover Cole Savoy but here on Notably Texan? That's because of listener support. So please renew your support today if it's been a while since you have made a donation or make that leap from just a listener to a supporter of great public radio for Northeast Texas. You can do it at ketr.org. Click the Donate button. It just takes a couple of minutes, and it just takes an amount that's comfortable for your budget. Thank you so much.